You already know what it is. We got Aaron Singerman and PJ Braun holding it down for you and yours. The best in bodybuilding. Iron Empire Radio. Check it. You fucking with an Iron Empire. Harder than shells from a piece when I fire. Harder than hell. Feel the heat through the wire. Welcome back to Iron Empire Radio. Um, I'm sitting here with PJ Braun. We're not doing a video show today because this is a very special day. This is the day that my child was born. And it's also the day that uh, me and PJ are back here at the house. Darielle's at the hospital, and we had our celebratory cigar, and we had our celebratory bottle of vodka. There's exactly one shot left for each one of us. And we do not have a microphone, so we're using the built-in microphone, so I'm sorry if you don't like it. But it was either this or it was nothing. We got an exciting show, PJ, tonight. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. So, you can expect some shenanigans tonight. You can expect a very exciting interview with Lisa and PJ's very favorite porn star. And uh, that will be coming up after the commercial break. We'll answer some listener questions. We're going to be very particular today because we don't have a lot of attention span. Uh, because PJ is very drunk, I'm slightly drunk, and um, that's just the way it goes. Who do you need? Who do you love? <laughs> It's, when you come it's, it's that kind of show, people. It's that kind of show. So, um, this is it's like it's like this or nothing. Because tomorrow morning I go back to hospital duty, so tonight is the uh, only free night to do uh, Iron Empire Radio, and uh, here we go. So, uh, what do you want to talk about, PJ? Do you have anything in particular? Uh, I don't know. A lot, a lot, lots going on. Here. We're drinking the dude tonight. We're drinking the dude. The dude is good. I like the dude. We're drinking the dude. We went to the liquor store to get some some celebratory drinks, cigars and drinks, cigars and drinks, and we got this vodka, three olives. It's called Dude. Dude. That's it. And the girl that was bringing us up, she told us all about the dude. You're supposed to drink it with Mountain Dew. We're just drinking it straight. We're drinking a neat. We're doing neat dude. Tonight. Neat dudes. We're doing a little neat dudes tonight. That's good stuff. We just polished off a bottle. Feeling pretty good. Staring at this Reese's peanut butter cups and this Kit Kat that I want to eat really bad. We got one shot each left, and we got uh, till the bottle's totally killed. And uh, I don't know if we're gonna fight over who gets Reese's or who gets Kit Kat. I'm not sure what PJ wants. But uh, no video tonight because it would be embarrassing. So you just got to go with <laughs> you got to go with the audio for tonight. Um, so we're uh, here at my house, and uh, this is it. What do you want to talk about, PJ? We don't have anything written down, so this is totally unplanned. Well, we have a lot to talk about. I think we do. We do have a lot. To talk a little about. baby came out. Let's just start. We can talk about that a little bit. What do you want? What do you want to hear? You ask me a question. You interview me, PJ. We're going to interview. Nobody ever interviews me. Not interview you. Go ahead. You <laughs> Make you feel not important. I have nothing to talk about, so I'll interview you. Um, well, what I want to know, I think our listeners would like to know, is that obviously Daryl has been pregnant for nine months. Nine months. Long pregnancy. Ten months, actually. Yeah, you guys had to induce the labor because she just didn't. No, she didn't even induce. We didn't have to. Almost, almost. Almost induced. Did she you know that that she didn't want to split the baby out. Did you, did, you, did you not know that we didn't No, I knew. You guys went in there because she started getting contractions early, so you went in early. I knew this because I was flying home from Dallas specifically to go to the hospital to aid in the procedure. Yeah, otherwise, we would have stayed in Dallas for weeks, right? Yeah, so I stayed there for, for weeks. <laughs> um, so you didn't have to induce the labor, but uh, you went in there, and uh, what time did you get to the hospital at? We got there at 2.30, 2.15. In the afternoon. In the afternoon. On Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. Sunday. And and the baby didn't even actually come. They spent the whole entire day and night. I, I, I came in, and um, there was nothing happening. It was kind of uneventful. Yeah, she was in, in a little bit of pain, but otherwise, she was. It was not, not much was happening. Yeah, so I went home. I went home. I was like, oh, nothing's going on here. Blah, blah, blah. 
I'll come back later. It was smart. You were in there a long time. If you would just hang out. I'm glad I went home. And then uh, you were texting me all night, giving me the updates. There were some hairy moments. Yeah, there were some hairy moments. I don't know if I talked about that, but the, the hairy moments, to sum it up for people, and uh, you, I, I liked your comment. I'm, I'll, I'll give you the hairy moments, and I'll give PJ's comment. So what was going on was that the baby, I mean, we don't really know what was going on. It was inside of Gary also. We can only go with the hypothesis of these uh, nurses because the nurses really do all. People think doctors do everything, right? I would think the nurses do it all. The nurses do it all, at least with the baby birthing stuff. So the nurses are helping us. We had a person helping Darielle push and when, when it got to that point. Before it got to that point, when she was only dilated three centimeters, we started having a little issues where um, we, the, the nurses would be like, okay, it's time to rest. And they'd turn off the lights and I'd start to lay, lay down and stuff like that. And then as soon as I'd start to basically, when my first snores would emit from myself, I would have the nurses run in and turn Darielle over to the side. And what was going on was the, um, the, the child, Asher's heartbeat would go very low. And um, the, I guess the, you, most people, you probably know this, but most people don't realize that a baby's heartbeat is much higher than a, an adult. So like an average heartbeat for, for a baby inside of a mom is like 140 beats a minute, something like around there. And uh, he would go all the way down to 70, 70 is the lowest he ever got to. He gets like 69, 70, which for like you would be not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. It just means you're like in pretty decent shape. For a baby, that's like disastrous. You know, like Lance Armstrong was like 30. 40. Yeah, that's what I was saying, like 35 or something, right? Well, um, so Darielle's, um, Darielle's was like 70, right? Mm-hmm. But the baby was very, very uh, low, uh, almost as low as Darielle's. So uh, when that happened, the nurses would run in. And they would have to shift her around and move her around so that the baby... Basically, what was going on is they think that the baby was like... Uh, Asher was grabbing the umbilical cord when the contractions came to, like, squeezing it. Like, if you can imagine a little baby with, like, like a little... Like an umbrella or something, but it's a cord. It's a umbilical cord. And he's, like, squeezing it tightly, like, oh, oh, no. And he squeezes it. And what happens is his heartbeat slows down to a scary level. And uh, what they would do is they'd run in and they'd shift him over to the side, like his left side, or her left side, and then he'd kind of let go. And then it would go back to normal, you know, 140, 150 beats a minute or something. And then it'd be all cool until it happened again. You had a big contraction, you'd do it again and do it again. And so I really got no sleep whatsoever. And, and there were a few scary moments. I actually texted PJ, he's like, I guess every time you'd wake up or come to, you'd say, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'd write back, you know, something, usually something normal, positive or whatever. And then all of a sudden, we started having these issues, and I wrote him that the, the baby's heartbeat was very low, and I liked your response. You're like, should, should, I, should, should I panic? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, don't. Is this panic worthy? <laughs> I was like, don't panic, don't panic. Um, usually they would fix it pretty quick. So I thought that was funny, and that, and that gave Darielle a laugh when, her, when she was uh, giving birth. Uh, like like PJ's panicking, but I home. don't know what this means. <laughs> Should I panic? Like, yes, I can see him at my house running around, <laughs> running around screaming. No, no, no! <laughs> in the house, so um, we, he didn't. He didn't have to panic, and it ended up all okay. Uh, Strangle the cat, <laughs> yeah. Start kicking stuff around <laughs> and crying uncontrollably. <laughs> I couldn't stop crying. I had no control of my body. I choked the cat to death. He's dead. I panicked. <laughs> So it was, uh, it ended up being okay, and um, we had the baby at, uh, what, what time was it, 7.30 in the morning, so she went through 28 hours of labor, like a soldier, she dealt with it, no big deal, and uh, it was uh, tough to watch, and you, you don't know this, PG, but actually, um, there's one nurse in the room for most of the time, other than when the doctor came in and actually delivered the baby, but there's one nurse, 
um, and then me, and uh, for most of the time. And what the nurse had me doing was lifting one leg up. Because you, you can imagine, like, imagine Daryl's laying flat on her back, and she has to have her knees about where her head is. Mm-hmm. And she, her legs are numb because she has a, um, a, a what's it epidural. Epidural, right. So she can't really lift them herself. So I have to lift one. The other nurse lifts the other. And then she pushes. And we go like this. Ready? This is how it goes. Like the baby, they're like, okay, here's the contraction. Here's the contraction. Push. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then they go, rest. Okay. And then she takes the rest. And goes, one, two, three, four. And she pushes and she pushes. And so I'm holding the leg up. And she, her leg is kind of pushing against me. And, uh, and so I'm like, I'm like directly involved. And, of course, the uh, tendency is to look down at the vagina, mm-hmm. which I, I distinctly did not want to see as we yeah, talked about the show. Don't look down, right? Don't look down. Don't look down at the vagina. So Stay away. I looked in her eyes and hold her leg. And, and um, I'll be honest, by that point, I was so tired that as I was doing it, I'm falling asleep, <laughs> holding her leg back. And, like, by the time she stopped pushing, she her leg, her leg starts dropping down, and I'm still holding one of the legs. <laughs> And the nurse like, okay, put the leg down. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, put the leg down. So thankfully her mom ended up coming around four in the morning or so. And her mom started holding one of the legs. And then when it got to the point where she was dilated 10 centimeters, which was enough to get the head out and stuff, the doctor came back in and her mom held one leg and I held the other leg. And of course I'm looking at her in her eyes and her mom is actually making the mistake of looking down and seeing what's going on, right? And I could see out of the corner of my eye the baby coming out, like the head out. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, oh, my God, there's the head. And, of course, I'm looking at her in her eyes, but I can see out of the corner of my eye there's, like, something going on down there. <laughs> but I don't look. But I don't look. And, uh, and I look over at her mom because her mom starts falling backwards. And I'm like, uh, uh, And I look over at her mom. Her mom's pale, pale as could be, sweat coming off her, and she falls backwards onto the, like into the, the table behind oh my us. God. And she passed out. The mom, Daryl's uh, mom, passes wow. out. And uh, covered in sweat. And they, the nurses had to, like, break away. Because at that point, there was a team of nurses and the doctor around her. Because they're like, this is time. It's delivery time, yeah. you know? Um, so uh, what happens really, for people who don't know, and I would never have known, is once the baby gets past a certain spot in the cervix, the head, it can't go backwards. It can't get, like, sucked back in anymore. So um, by the time that there was no more sucking in, that's when it's, like, do or die time, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when the mom passed out. And the nurse is, like, filed off of Darielle and go to her mom and start, like, treating her mom. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still holding the leg, basically. And, uh, and it ended up working out okay. Little baby Asher came out with a, with a, a cone head, which kind of freaked me out at first because I wasn't really expecting the cone head type deal. <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh, my God. They have to use the forceps on him, right? Yeah, they have to use the forceps. So what ended up happening... Um, Basically, the forceps are like, and this has kind of scared me too because I had a buddy of mine in high school that, um, you know, you can't tell because he doesn't have his head shaved, but he says he has indentations in his head from the forceps. So I got, uh, I got nervous when he broke up the forceps, and I basically told the doctor, I'm like, so, I'm like, so you're you're sure this is not going to like harm the baby anyway? He's like, well, there's always risks, and I was like, but you'd bet your life that you're going you're going to do it right. I'm going to squeeze his head and pull him out. So what they do, these tongs, they, they actually need tongs. <laughs> it's not what you imagine, right? I, I took a look at the tongs. It's like a circular type thing, so they can actually fit it all the way around the head, and they pull by the neck. But I did see, I got to say, the most nerve-wracking thing for me, other than the low heartbeat, was to see um, how hard he was pulling with the tongs. I was like, holy shit. This motherfucker was pulling. I mean, he was... How hard was he pulling? 
If I mean, I don't know for sure, but like when the veins were pop- popping out, I don't. I didn't want to look back. I didn't want to see what was going on down there. But yeah. but um, I would say that it was it, he was pulling pretty damn hard. Was, uh, I think that Daryl did about half, and the doctor did about half, and then it popped out, and uh, Asher popped out. He put her on his, her chest, and then uh, he went to uh, work doing whatever he was doing with the placenta and all that shit. And I was just focusing on her and the baby, not on what's going on down in the vagina area. So. Good thing. Yeah. Good thing. That about sums it up. I didn't see any of that stuff. Um, and I won't be haunted by it. And I'm, and I'm happy about that. So we have a healthy baby boy, uh, Asher Charles Singerman, born at 730, 6 pounds, 10 ounces, uh, 10 fingers, 10 toes, and uh, all is good in the world, I guess, you know? You know, what's funny is, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if Daryl told you yet. Um, I was texting you to see if you wanted anything from like Dunkin' Donuts or anything when I was coming back. I do like Dunkin' Donuts. And you know, I stopped, I got some munchies and stuff, and uh, I came back to the room, and the door was open. Oh, Why don't tell me, tell me this. Yeah. I wanted to punch the fucking nurse in the face, because I wouldn't have came in if the door wasn't wide open like that. The door was wide open, so I just walked, I meandered in, and you were sleeping, you were on your stomach sleeping. And I was like, hey, I brought some munchkins. And I like looked over, and Daryl was like strapped. Like, she had the the, uh, the breast pump machines on her boobs. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just turned around, and I, like, ran out real fast. And I, as I was running out, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, I, I shouted back to her, I didn't see anything. And I really didn't. I didn't, actually. It was just like a shock. Uh, like, like shut my eyes off so fast that I actually didn't. I, all I saw was her face. And I knew that there was contraptions. Like, on her breasts. On her breasts. <laughs> and I, I just waited in the, in, the, uh, in the waiting room for a while. I was just texting me when I should come back in. It was a little awkward. It was a little weird. That's funny. Um, but I, I ran out, and I actually did not. I actually, in all honesty, I did not see anything. I, I, I turned around that fast. That it, uh, it was a very comfortable and weird moment. That's, that's so funny. Look at Daryl. I'm, I'm looking at my screen. Daryl is still awake, apparently. Uh, Twittering on my on my iMac, you can see when people Twitter on the upper right hand corner. She's twittered something about me and PJ, probably about the cigar picture we posted. I would imagine. Ah, you're gonna find out why they call me Cigar Face. <laughs> probably nobody will, will get that right. Nobody will know who that's from. If anybody knows who that's from, I will send them a free shirt, whatever they want. If they can figure out whenever we get a free shirt, yes. we'll it. Whenever Jerry Beck uh, actually gets our stuff to us, he's in the process of a, some some girl who's probably hot and slutty. Had a mom die. I know it's sad. Yes, her mom died. It's sad. And I, most likely she's slutty though, so we won't be that sad. And she wants uh, she wants Jerry back to design a tattoo for her. That so she can remember their mom died. Like you know, she, you know, like a little like symbol of like maybe a casket on her shoulder. Or something. Maybe it'll be like you ever seen those tattoos of when people get pictures of their relatives tattooed and they're all like skewed and strange looking. <laughs> it'll be like that. Yeah. It'll be like a little. It'll be like a, it'll be like a casket. With like her mom's face, but, but but with like you know like like blood and like castles and shit in the background. Jerry Ford me on that. Right it'll now. be it'll be it'll be like some barbells and like a skull <laughs> and then and then some towers behind. And she can show people like my mom. She's, this is my mom. She had to see her really bad and it took it took her away. From you us. can see the the dumbbells over here. <laughs> Put a cigarette in the background somewhere. Um, and uh, so he's working on that right now. So it's been like I don't know like nine weeks. So don't count on getting any t-shirts anytime soon. We're going to have to go with Josh Marzak's design. He did a good job. He did a great job. He's a very, very uh, talented guy. And you know what? Even if his weren't as good as Jerry Beck, and I'm not saying they're not, 
If you can do them in 15 minutes, that makes you a lot better in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, much better after nine weeks. You know, Aaron was telling me that I should just tell Dre Beck that we should we should get our money back. And uh, I've been saying, well, perhaps we should keep our mouths shut because we're going to use his booth at the Olympia. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's so busy with these designs that he's doing. He's not going to listen to us talking about it on the radio show, so we can still use his booth at the Olympia. But it, it would be nice if we had uh, something from Dre Beck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not counting on it. I'm definitely not counting on it. Um, and, and if we do, we'll have uh, some ninjas uh, with the <laughs> some ninjas with the uh, some towers behind them. I might bring him in the back room at the Olympia and just break all his fingers, you know, like the <laughs> casino style. It's like break his fingers. He doesn't want to draw any pictures. Break his fucking fingers. We'll see. We'll see what he does after that. We'll see how many girls whose moms died he can draw pictures for now. Uh, so that's where we are. It was so awful that I'm making a joke of the girls' moms dying. That's that's okay. Okay. I shouldn't do that. I, I shouldn't do that. We just celebrated life with the Asher. It's okay. Yeah, celebrate, sure. I celebrate death. Screw that girl. That's <laughs> true. She cheated on her diet anyway. <laughs> Don't believe her. She's a liar. She's a liar. She didn't, she didn't follow my plan. <laughs> Definitely not on keto. <laughs> um, so uh, that is the uh, the Asher story. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about guest posing? And uh, you were in Dallas, Texas, or in that, in that vicinity with uh, my friend uh, Prince Harrison. Good old do, Prince. You want to do the Prince Harrison impression? You can do, you can do Prince Harrison. <laughs> you, are, you don't want to do it now? You don't want to do it? I'd be going back there, so let's see. Uh, start me off. Well, start off with a little help. Uh, well, I will do myself. Oh, All right, Prince, I'm really honored to be here at your show. It's, I'm glad that you brought me here. Uh, hello, PJ. Um, we are really happy to have you this weekend, and um, we love for you to move to Texas. And uh, your guest posing. Let me tell. Let me tell you, PJ. I would love to have you work out, do a workout video with with me and uh, Superman Blunt and. Uh, We'd love for you to move to Texas. For those of you who don't know about Superman Blunt, Superman Blunt trained Lee Haney. Trained with Lee. He trained him. He made Lee Haney. He, he takes that title. Whether it's true or not, he's like, I took Lee. This is how Superman Blunt talks. I took Lee, and I beat his ass into winning those Mr. Olympias. I mean, I trained him so damn hard that he had no choice but to win the Mr. Olympias. <laughs> Yeah, he's the. Uh, he's on the uh, pres- presidential uh, uh, fitness staff. You know that. Yeah. I know he is. I know he is. He is all uh, thanks to Superman Blunt. All, all thanks to Superman. With a name like Superman Blunt, you have to be a special individual, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Superman Blunt. Like when I think Superman Blunt, I feel like this like, guy that you want to party with. You should, you should be like PJ the Chronic Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else are you talking about? What else? Tell me about the event itself. Let's hear. Some uh, single PJ Bronx stories, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I went to Texas, and it was good. They, they, they took me out the first night to Papado. Papado's. Ate some good. I ate, like, this Chilean sea bass that was just bathed in butter. It was like they just took, like, a, just a pound of butter, and they just smothered it all over that. Papado's is awesome, for people who don't know. Papado's in Texas oh, is huge. Crab cakes was good. Unbelievable. Very, very good. So I ate the Papado's, and um, no, I'm in pretty good shape, so I wasn't worried about that. And um, Who were you with when you had Papado's? Prince Harrison, Prince Superman Blunt, just that whole Motley crew of people that you're just like, what the fuck, an old lady, like a weird dude, looked like he crawled out of a, a, a crater somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just a crew of people. And um, uh, did they ever? Did Superman or uh, Prince say like, hey, PJ, you probably shouldn't be eating all that butter before you're. He looks really good. I will tell he's lean. <laughs> um, so they were telling me about people that have guest posed before. Now, now check this out. Uh, I'm going to tell you a couple stories that maybe they don't want me to tell. Okay, wait. Before you do that, I have to piss so bad. Hold on. Okay. So they're pretty happy with me because um, 
uh, Sean Allen, they paid for him to come down. And the day before he was supposed to get exposed, he called him and told him he couldn't make it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's not good. That's bad. Um, they, didn't, they didn't want to even talk about it. They didn't want to talk bad about him. But they were, they were just like, yeah, they were really disappointed that he didn't show up. And then they had Vinny Galanti the year before that. And he just showed up really, really out of shape. Like fat and out of shape. And, and let me tell you, Vinny Galanti in shape is not the most impressive bodybuilder in the world. So, not to say Vinny Galanti is definitely not something that's going to wow a crowd. Um, and, and Vinny Galanti... Has, how, I, do they, how do they pick these guys? I don't know. It's very random, I, I thought. But I guess Vinny Galanti was so out of shape that he wrote an apology note saying, I'm so sorry, please bring me back. I'll be in better shape next time. And that's just ridiculous. And he's a, he's, a, he's a weird guy. He's not the smartest guy I've ever met in my life. In fact, he's probably one of the dumber people I've met. I'm sorry, hey. sorry if I'm coming right out and saying that on the radio show. But hey. hey, why is he so dumb? I don't even understand. He's a weird, he's a weird dude. He asked me if I liked him one day. He was like, do you like me? I was like, <laughs> I was like what? He said, well, I'll bring you to the Bahamas if you have sex. He was like, I thought you didn't like me. I was like, I don't know why you're asking this right now. But yes, I do like you. You're fine. Get away from me. So he, he showed up all fat. So I was feeling pretty good because I was in good shape and I showed up better. One guy didn't show up and the other guy was fat, so I, I was feeling pretty good about that. And um, the show wasn't the biggest show, but um, it was kind of funny. I was getting ready to do my thing. You know, I like to go out in the crowd when I guess phones. I like to mix it up with the fans. It's fun for me. And apparently in Texas, they really enforce the laws very strictly there. And uh, they were asking me how long my music was. And I, I posed to American Badass, Kid Rock. I thought it was fitting because I myself an American <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they were like yeah you can't go in the crowd I was like why not and they're like it's an insurance liability you want to explain what going in the crowd means for people I jump know? off the stage and go right into the crowd and pose in the fans faces old ladies can 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 get a most muscular right in their old old faces <laughs> no. some girl smacked my ass anyway so I like to do that it's fun and they didn't want me to do that so they were really added it out they're like you're not going in the crowd we'll shut your music off and I was like, listen, I do that every time I get exposed. Like, I've got exposed like five, six times. I've done that every fucking time. And sorry, I was like, and they were like, well, no, you're not doing that here. Only IFBB pros can guess, can go into the crowd. Whoa. Yeah, that's a, that's a rule. And um, and, I, and I was like, why? And they're like, well, it's an insurance liability. If something happens, you have to get hurt. We can get a lot of trouble. And I was making a joke. I was like, yeah, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get hurt and sue you guys and screw my whole career already after I already don't do good. And I didn't think that was funny. So I actually, I texted Aaron. And Aaron texted a Lee Thompson, who's the tech, Texas uh, state chairman. Yep. And he texted back and he said, let, let him, let him pose. <laughs> Just full disclosure, right? He texted Lee and said, is there any reason that Lee, that uh, PJ can't pose, can jump off the stage and pose in a crowd in Texas? And Lee said, go ahead and do it. Do it. That's fine. Cool. And, uh, and then you went and took that text and I showed it to the head expediter, Kevin. Very nice guy. Yeah, very nice guy. Does all the, the Texas shows of the Europas. He's a very nice guy. I showed it to him, and he was like, listen, leave my good friend. I'm just following his rules, okay? You know, I'm not trying to give you our dime. I understand. Well, here, here he is saying that I can do it. So they're still, like, not happy with me. I went into the crowd anyway. And uh, it was fun. And the girl spanked my ass. And it was kind of funny. And I did my little thing. Came back. And Superman blunted me on the spot. He wanted me to give a speech. I had nothing prepared. Fortunately, I like public speaking. I, I give a little speech about um, the competitors. I didn't talk about myself. Nobody wants to hear about me. And I was talking about the first-time competitors, especially, like, what they go through and how it's just, They don't know what they're going to go through. You know, it's a lot of work, and you know, the whole thing is a mystery and surprise, and their family members will never understand it. But once they do that, 
And I really believe that you can go through anything if you do that. And uh, the speech was good enough where I got a, a pretty big uh, round of applause. And a couple people came up to me, including a couple judges. Uh, Gabe Gooden, the Texas Shredder. Oh, well, Texas Shredder. Yeah, I was pretty happy the Texas Shredder liked my speech that much and wanted to come up and tell me. So the speech was pretty good. I hope that somebody got it on video because I totally pulled it out of my ass. Um, and um, it was good. Then we went to the Iron Cactus afterwards. And I ate some uh, pollo rayello. 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 Oh, I hate Mexican food. It was so good. It was amazing. I hung out with a couple of my clients that were there. And uh, there was an after party where uh, everybody was going, but I snuck away. I went back to my room. No whores. Nope. There were some whores there that wanted me. And I said, no. <laughs> no, I'm saving myself. I went back to my room. I went to bed. I had a little breakfast the next day with Prince Harrison and, and the rest of the, 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 the uh, crew. And then I came home. As soon as I got to the airport, I drove to the hospital. And that's what we've been doing since then. Yep. There you go. There you go. So, in reality, this was not one of the more exciting, uh, salacious PJ Braun guest posing flash trips, period. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I ate some really good food. This was a little, little uh, tidbit. Maybe I should say, maybe I shouldn't say, but I'll tell anyway. I decided to drink a little bit before my guest pose. I had a little, little uh, this bar. Next door to my hotel, made these Texas Long Island iced teas. Mm, they're delicious. Um, What's the difference between a Texas Long Island iced tea and a Long Island iced tea? I don't know. The guy explained it to me. I was just put it to go cup, please. <laughs> You're like, shut up and give it to me. Give it to me. I don't care. I got my put some ayahuasca in it. I want to drink and cry while I'm guessing. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I, I had it in to go cup, and I, I, uh, I felt good. I had a little buzz going on when I guess pose. It was good. It was a good time. I feel like everybody should do that before they guess pose. Actually, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you came back. We went to the hospital. You dealt with all that. Yeah. We met some funny people lately. We, we have some funny people. Yeah. You know, it's funny because everybody loves the impression so much that whenever I meet somebody that's got a strange voice <laughs> or an interesting personality, we uh, I always think that you know this is something that we should talk about. Let's see. Let's think of the names. The first one that I can think of was when we were going to the beach the other day, and we went into the uh, Circle K. No, it was a Walmart. And uh, the lady was the there. old lady. <laughs> oh my god! She, uh, you know, we walked up. We we had we had picked out all these like some. Oh, the good gods were here. <laughs> she goes, she goes, all the good gods are here. Look, the good gods are here. She knew we were the good guys. I like that. I appreciate yeah, that. I did appreciate that. I like that. Here comes the good guys. And she looked and looked and looked for a coupon for us. She looked. Everybody loves the Starbucks. This lady was like 100, 107 years old. And, How do I get muscles like you? How do I get muscles like you guys? Goes, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was very old and, and hilarious. She just kept laughing at herself. <laughs> I want to get the Starbucks coupon. <laughs> good guys right here. <laughs> she, she knew that we were the good guys, and I appreciated that she knew that we were the good guys. She was funny. We were talking like her for the rest of the day. And then uh, today, I know yeah, this is actually weird. Really, brand new nurse. I don't think she was even a nurse. I think she was like a, she was like a, a cleaner. She's the one. Person. She's the one who cleans the babies. I don't know what you call that. My job is to clean the baby's face. <laughs> like, he doesn't like it when I clean him. Ashes and screaming. Ashes and screaming. Screaming my way. How did she laugh? <laughs> <laughs> and so when she was wheeling Darielle to the, to the recovery room, we were behind her imitating everything she was. It was like sometimes I feel like in life, like we get these tests, and like I don't know God, he's like he like puts these people in front of me, and he's like, "Are you going to do their voice, PJ? Are you going to do their voice?" And I wanted to do her voice to her face, yeah, <laughs> and, and like you know, she was like, 
talking about Darielle. What an unselfish wife she is. She's an unselfish lady. And I wanted to talk to her back when I walked so bad. But I couldn't do it. I was holding it in the whole time. <laughs> it's so funny because the uh, the woman, the woman, I mean, she, yeah. she had a funny laugh too. Yeah, she had a very funny laugh. <laughs> she had a very funny laugh. Darielle heard us behind the lady. She said, what are you all talking about? What are you laughing about? What are you laughing about? You laughing about me? PJ is a very valuable person. <laughs> said, what do we say that brought that up? I was like, I said something like, uh, you were like, you were like, I'll carry the baby, and then PJ will just carry all the shit in the back. She's like, PJ is a valuable man. He's a valuable man. Um, when we were when we, <laughs> we were <laughs> we were making fun. We were really making fun. We were just imitating. We're, we're, we're like poking at her. It's funny because we were in the main uh, before we switched over to the recovery room. When she started talking, I looked over at PJ, and he looked at me, and we both knew immediately that this woman was a, it was a class. Yeah, she, she, was, class. she was great. Yeah. Yeah. The, be- the best lady out of all of them, though, was later on in the day. Which was later on in the day? We went to the gas station. The gas station? Yeah, we went to the gas station to get some treats. Oh, the Indian lady. The Indian lady. woman at the gas station was just amazing. <laughs> she was she really amazing. She goes, who are, who are you? You do not look like you. And I was like, excuse me? She's like, you do not look like you. That's, we're doing the Russian version. We have I was like, who do I look like? She's like, I don't know. You look like somebody else. You do not. How do you do Indian? I'm messing it up. Man. Stop wheezing the juice. Stop. You always have to start with that. And then, yeah. then Stop <laughs> wheezing the juice. She's like, you look like you must be somebody different than you who I think look, you are. You look like a different kind of man. <laughs> you are a different man. <laughs> you, look, you look totally different than you. We're like, you look different than you. And she's like. He look a bit different than him. He look a different. He's not him. He's not him. I was like, who do I look like? She's like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But you look different than who I think you are. Are you a wrestler? Are you a wrestler? And you're like, yeah, I'm a wrestler or something. She's like, I have a six-year-old nephew, and he is a very handsome man. He's six-year-old, very big, very handsome, not like me. And uh, he looked looked nothing like me. He looked nothing like me. But I was hoping that you would, uh, we could recommend a school, because my family is ready to put my nephew into a wrestling school. We don't want to invest in my nephew. They're like, oh, that's a good investment. Invest in some wrestling school for him. I was willing to wrestling school in Tampa. She was like, no, 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 no. Where to fire? We need to do it right here in Boca. <laughs> Where is the school here, please? He needs to be like you. He needs to be here. He's very handsome. You're nothing like me. <laughs> it was funny because um, I was like, you know what? You know why I look like this? Because I smoke cigarettes. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I want to get a pack of cigarettes. Let me get some, uh, I don't know, let me get some Parliaments. And she was like, oh, you want menthol? And uh, Aaron was like, no, no, no menthol. And I was making a little joke, and if anybody gets offended by this, I'm sorry, but it's actually factual. Black people like menthol cigarettes. And I was like, no, no menthol. I was like, that's what all the black people smoke. And, and she started laughing. And I was like, you know I'm right. And she actually agreed with me. She nodded, and she was like, yeah, the black people do that. They like the menthol cigarettes very much. <laughs> she knew. She knew that the black people like the menthol cigarettes. So uh, now that's actually universal. We're actually celebrating tonight with a cigar and uh, vodka. And um, you want to do the vodka shots? Not, yeah, like, we should. We ate chocolate. This is the last one. I feel disgusted now that I had chocolate. Well, I know, but we should just finish it. I'm ready to find McDonald's. It's a 24-hour McDonald's, to be yeah. honest with you. I'm supposed to be in bed a long I could use time some, I could use some McNuggets. You know what I'm talking about McDonald's for me? Off the subject. Dallas's airport is crazy. It's just a fucking... I've been there for months. Sorry. A bunch of times. Anyway, there's a McDonald's in the middle of this place. And let me tell you, you got to be on your game to run this McDonald's. There's a guy in there. He looked like he looked like Tony Dungy. 
the old the old coach of the uh, of the Colts, and uh, he was a uh, coach for a very long time. And he's got a Super Bowl rating, very very good guy. Now, he, I'm sure it wasn't him managing. <laughs> I looked a lot like him. I swear, Tony Dungy was in this McDonald's play. He was. Did like, he have like a headset on? Yeah, like, yeah. Everything he was going, he was like, he was like calling people out. He was like, number thirty nine, come on, get it, well, come on, get up here, get up, here, come on, come on, maybe, maybe move the line, move the line, come on, come on, we take everybody's orders. Hot fries, hot fries, and, and, and they were just hustling shit out. And I, I actually got McDonald's and I sat there and I watched the whole thing, but I was there for maybe fifteen minutes. And the line was all the way out into the airport. And I'm like, man, what a crazy job that was to be to be like a, a nonstop McDonald's like that. that just just crying to a business all day. It's a nice job. Maybe Tony Tony Dungy, you know, there's business and there's a lot of money in McDonald's and runs like that. Maybe Tony Dungy figured I'm retired. I want to call the plays. I want to be in charge. I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what better guy to have it? How are the, how are the double cheeseburgers there? Were they good? Were they, I, hot? Were they hot? I got an Angus, a bacon Angus. Whoa, you're fancy. fancy. And I always get my nuggets. I always get 10 Fancy. Fancy. Okay. I fancy it. I, there were some girls that I wanted to impress, and I figured they'd probably be like, ooh, he is the Angus. He's got money. He bought the Angus. He's got money. He definitely has money. Yeah. <laughs> He's sprung through the Angus. Wow. So um, that, that was your uh, that was the highlight of your airport trip, the Angus burger and uh, Tony Dungy? It was. It was Tony Dungy at the McDonald's. Are you ready for the shot? I'm really not ready anymore. Shots. 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 Mm. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's it. The dude is gone. The dude's done. The dude is dead. Three olives. The dude is dead. Woo! Well, oh, goosebumps, goose pimples. Me too. I got some goose pimples from the dude. Um, let's talk about our interview. Just want to play our interview in uh, just a moment. Let's talk about it. So, Lisa Ann is a porn star of high repute. Or of low repute, depending on who you are and <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, let's talk about this interview, okay? So the interview, this is, I sent it to Jeff the producer, because there was, there was a problem in the first part of the interview. Jeff the producer is uh, too busy or doing something else and couldn't make it happen, so we lost, actually. Oh, we lost it? No. Oh, never came up. man. Well, we got the good stuff. We got the good stuff. We got the majority of the interview. The first ten minutes of the interview, uh, this is never, I mean, I've been doing radio shows now. Uh, with Carl Lenore on the mm-hmm. topic, with Dave, with me and you. Yep. I've been doing radio shows for years, and I've never had a, ever had a, a, a time like this where the electricity actually goes out and the recording is cut off. A storm really was going on. Yeah, like a board. fucking serious storm was going on. Torrential downpours, a lot of lightning, and for whatever reason, the electricity went out for just a moment, not close. And uh, it basically ended the interview, and uh, we had to reload the computer and Reboot everything, and in the process, uh, Lisa Ann, very busy, very popular, maybe even some might say slightly famous porn star. Um, she was, uh, she started kind of reneging on the interview. I felt like, and uh, and, and that doesn't really surprise me because even uh, bodybuilders in the past mm-hmm. that I've that I've heard of with Dave, because Dave has has had some problems and stuff with recording interviews. I've been lucky; I've never had any problems. But people don't want to re-record the beginning of an interview. I don't know what it is. Even though Lisa Ann went another 30 minutes with us afterwards, like when we started talking about maybe re- restarting, she started freaking out. She's like, ah, oh, I have to talk to the New York Post. She was doing a, she, you know, in her defense, she was doing the New York Post. Yeah. A so, little, little bit bigger than us. Slightly. It depends on what you call I don't ever read that. I, I want to go back in time a little bit, and, and, and this is really funny. I, I thought this was hilarious. Uh, well, first of all, we would give a little shout out to Rob Mans. Yeah, Rob Mans, big, big shout out to Rob Mans. That's our uh, our new uh, casting director. Yeah, our new casting director, Rob very Mance. good. 
Uh, Rob Mann's got Lisa Ann for us. He, he locked her in. And so we were excited. And while we were we were finding out about Lisa Ann, we were at uh, Chase. Yeah. And we were opening in, a business bank. We were opening up a business bank account. That's a whole other episode. But what I thought was hilarious is that the guy that was that was setting us up, right? He was like, you know, eavesdropping on our conversation. Yeah, he was totally We were excited that we were getting Lisa Ann on the show. You were mostly excited about yes. that. And so I'm saying, like, we got to come up with some good questions for her, blah, blah. And out of nowhere, the guy just throws his two cents in. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, she's probably been through some fucked up shit, whatever, blah, blah. Like, uh-huh. he was, like, totally listening to us, and he knew who Lisa Ann was. And he was throwing his advice out there. And I thought that was pretty funny. Like, like, like the guy that's setting up, like, our bank account. Is, is throwing out information about it as porn star for us. Yeah, now, he didn't help much, but uh, he was—he did seem to be very interesting. Um, and uh, we did find out about—you know—it's funny. PJ was so um, nervous for this interview, which you're about to hear, that it actually started making me nervous because I was like, you know, this is not really to me. It wasn't a big deal. I could have interviewed her in any day of the week, and it would have been no big deal to me because I don't know who she is. And to be honest with you, I looked at her pictures and I was like, hey, eh, you know, she's all right. But PJ loves her. So when I said, what kind of, um, you'll hear, I don't know, you won't hear it, because this part's gone. Yep. I said, um, PJ, what is this interview equivalent to for me? And he said, this would be like you interviewing Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, whoa. And I started thinking about it, and I looked at all her AVN awards, and all her little accomplishments, and all this other stuff. And I was like, wow. maybe." I, and I started feeling a little nervous. And uh, we got her on the phone, and uh, she was very businesslike. Uh, PJ, you have her number, before we get to the interview... You have her cell phone number now. I do. I do. Have you uh, have you texted her since then? No, I texted her after the show, and I was like, you know, if there's any help you need with like training or dieting, whatever, because I know she works out a lot, I'd be glad to help her out. And, and uh, she said, please let her know when we upload the show, so she can put it out to her. Family. She's done. She even said she's done a lot of crazy. You actually mentioned interracial sex scenes, and yep. we talk about in the interview about how big a penis she's taken, uh, anally, vaginally, every which way. Um, as much as you love her, if she were to text you and say, listen, I'm coming down to Boca. I'd love to meet with you. I know you're single. Is there any way that I could spend the night at your uh, at your new condo? Would you say yes or no? Yeah, I would destroy her. I would destroy so you would her. Take, I would break her to pieces. So you would you would take the opportunity. You wouldn't be scared off by the other the mandangos of the world. No, I might not have the penis mm-hmm. like mandango, but I, I have uh, a, a, a vigorous uh, work ethic. You have a consistency that's unlike anybody else. Yes. I would work. I would I would work to prove you not work them. I would not work mandango on his giant penis and his coke. Cam thick penis. Yeah. She said, what is he, 16 inches or something? Yeah, he's frighteningly big. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't like be wowing her with my size, that's for sure. But in my, my work ethic, I think, should be impressive. Do you think that, um, do you think she, do you think that you, if you really put your mind to it, you could be her first boyfriend? Yes. <laughs> for, for starters, I'm a lot better like, looking than that name. He was an ugly black guy. Very ugly. Very ugly, dirty looking guy. I'm a little bit on the handsome side. And I would charm her, I think. I mean, I've already ejaculated to her probably more than most girls that have been with in my life. Yeah, there you go. You've already had a longer relationship with her than anybody yeah. else. I have. We've gotten very close. Over the years. She's 40 years old, too, so she's probably looking for a younger guy at this yeah. point. You know, why not? A 32-year-old, Rekindle. 31-year-old <laughs> champion. Rekindle her childhood flames. Anyway, so um, let's go to this interview. It's not that long because I said we missed the first part. I hope you don't feel like you're um, you're missing much. And I don't want to ruin any more of it. So we're going to go to the interview right now. We'll come back. Basically, what's going to happen is we're going to go into a commercial break after the interview, and we'll be back with me and PJ right after for shout-outs and extremely short listener questions because uh, it's, it's 1.20, and I'm tired, and I have to go to sleep because I haven't slept in God knows how long. And uh, here we go. Here is Lisa Ann. Let me give you the inter- let me give you the, um, the introduction that I gave her that you won't get to hear because I wrote it down, and uh, 
If I wrote it down, you know, I may as well use it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, here it goes. I'd like to introduce the veteran adult film star of over 290 films. One of the Dirty Dozen, nicknamed the Queen of Porn, Lisa Ann. Lisa Ann, welcome to the show. So, Lisa, what I'm wondering is, like, the casting couch. Is that something that you experienced? That you had to go see? Not for me at all. You know, I, I understand that other people have different experiences, but I've always been a really strong, smart, uh, able person. So it's like I already knew what to expect what to expect and not to do, what was appropriate, what wasn't. Because I asked all these girls all the right questions, and they really, really helped me. I mean, back then, the business was a much smaller-knit family because there wasn't the Internet, and there wasn't a demand for as many scenes and as many people to be working. So the select few that worked were treated really, really well. I mean, we were definitely, the 90s was definitely the most amazing time to be in the business, all the way down to, like, when we traveled, the companies would still put their credit card down for our, you know, incidentals, which we completely abused, but it was so much fun abusing it. And now, you know, no one does any of those things, but it was just different. So, I mean, I had, I had just nothing but great experiences with amazing people, and no one really did me wrong, and you have your your setbacks at times, but no, there was no casting counts in my life or anything. I didn't even get naked in anyone's office before I you know, shot any scenes because I had already sent out nude photos and I went in and presented myself and we just, I just really wanted to create a brand. So I wanted to be sure that my name was going to be incorporated in the title and I was always going to be on the box cover and I had my kind of list of what was really important for me to elevate my career on the road feature dancing and to continue building a brand name. Well, I want to start getting into some of the more like nitty gritty questions now, especially since you're uh, pressed for time, and I know our listeners will appreciate this stuff. So, um, without further ado, uh, what I want to know, my first question is: um, Is there a point? You know, I know uh, it's probably different for you know when you're first starting out. What now? I know everybody's different, you know, but some people don't want to be with black people. Sometimes black people don't want to be with white people. I mean, is, is there a point I have where... never had a race issue. When I first started in the industry, we weren't allowed to shoot interracial if we were a contract girl because at that time, cable channels and cable networks did not buy interracial scenes. Hmm. So for my first two years in the business, I didn't have the ability to shoot it. Um, and it was just something at that era that they just weren't purchasing it. When you were a contract girl, all of your stuff had to be presentable for cable. But as soon as I was out on my own, I made it a point to be sure that I went to the companies that shot interracial. And, of course, there's more interracial to be shot now than there was back then. But I shot as much as possible, and I've never really had a – I've never had a race or any ethnic group or any issue with, you know, I'm very open-minded culturally, so – it was never a factor for me. I do understand that some people have that issue, and some agents will tell their girls, you know, it'll hurt their career, and then the girls come to me, and I'm like, it's never hurt my career, so you need to just do what you want to do. Do you think it's helped your career? I do think it's helped my career. I mean, I think it's helped my life to be open-minded. Not just my career, but I think that people are just people. I mean, people suck in general. It doesn't matter your race, your creed, your religion, your whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely so, true. So, you know... So well, it's those like black guys, they've got those those scary giant penises, though. It's a lot to deal with. I know, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> They're so lucky. What's the What's the biggest? I always penis? ask them. You know, I always ask them a lot of questions when I first meet them. I'm like, so when you're dating, like, 
you know, when you were younger and you'd be like in a school dance with a girl and you started to get wood, you know, like, she like freak out. And the guys, some of the guys, like Mandingo has great stories and he'll tell you that, you know, girls would say they were going to go to the bathroom, he'd be out of the club and he'd meet a girl and she'd figure it out and he, she'd see she was going to the bathroom and she's out, you know, because she got scared. <laughs> so, yeah, some girls, but I, you know, I, I think uh, most girls searching out the black man are hoping that he has an incredibly large penis. How, how big was uh, the biggest uh, penis that you've come in contact with yourself? Don't you feel it's strange for a guy to say the word penis? Cock, cock. We, we like to say we like, we like to say penis over here. <laughs> you can say penis as much as you want. My friends always laugh like, "Who says penis?" But doctors, you know. Um, I would probably say it was Mandingo. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he's a male performer, and I did a series for Jules Jordan with Mandingo, and uh, he's. Mandingo Massacre is our first title together, and he is huge. Yeah, he's he's pretty pretty we, damn big. We, we've we, seen, we've his seen his work before. <laughs> he's his a great guy too. He is one of the most mellow, cool, just chill dudes you'll ever work with. Huh. Well, that's good to know. Nice, relaxed guy. I think if your penis is that big, you probably would be pretty relaxed in life, don't you think? Come here. You're, you're yielding like a, a, a sword. You know what I mean? Yeah. On a daily basis. I mean, might as well just chill out about it, you know? <laughs> you know what I've always wondered uh, when I watch you, and um, I hope this doesn't insult you, but is your ass real? Is that like an implant? Is it You know, it doesn't injections? insult me. It is my number one most question in my life ask, believe it or not. Two things. Young people ask me. I say young people because, you know, I'm 40 years old. So, mm. like... I meet kids at a club that are like 21, 22. The two things they ask me is, is your hair real? Hmm. They pull my hair. Is your hair real? I'm like, yes, my hair is real. Like, women from my generation, we grew our own hair. Yeah. Okay? We're, you know? And then the second thing they ask me, is your butt real? And yeah, just to less of a good Italian booty. And I also have learned, I, I, my first company I was contract for was Metro Home Video. Mm-hmm. They helped me get a nutritionalist and a personal trainer when I got in the business at 20 some years old, you know, real early. So she taught me great things to do for my butt, and I've always made sure that I do 20 minutes of working out on just my butt three days a week. Wow. That's a lot of butt work. it's a muscle. Yeah. Over here at Braun Fitness, we're all about the butt here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. I like a good butt. And a lot of girls are getting fake butts, so it it is a normal question. I mean, I look at girls now, and I'm like, is it real? You know, can I tell? And then usually you can tell by certain things, like when she's dancing on stage, you'll see something you're like, because I picture it to be like implants, like yeah. boobs, you know? We've seen some in, 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 in our uh, field that you can tell are implants just because the girls are so lean and there's nothing that's really hiding it. I mean, you could see, like, when you sure, look at a girl like sure. Ke- Kelly Devine, that's just a real big ass, you know? But right. it, yours exactly. is very, very so tight and firm looking, too. So I've always been like, you know, I've slowed it down a few times and, and broke it down and tried to see if I could, <laughs> the expert trainer that I am, tried to see if I could see if it was it was uh, fake, but I've never been able to, to really know. And I can imagine, like, bodybuilder girls, sure, they're super lean, so... They lose a lot of that, you know. You need some. You need to feed the booty. You need some extra food for the booty. Um, I wanted to ask you about your talent agency. I know it's uh, now defunct, Clear Talent Management. How did you get into? How did you get into that? And what kind of like for the bodybuilding industry? We deal with a lot of crazy people, and I would imagine you probably deal with a lot of crazy people too. Why would you want to get involved with um, helping some of these crazy people? Well, you know, at that time, I wasn't shooting much, and I wasn't really building my career on shooting because I was before Palin. I was kind of slowing down from the business itself, and I was like, you know, this could be a good career for me, and maybe the girls and guys would look at me as if, you know, well, she's already experienced all of this, so she would give good advice, and, 
you know, I got involved in it, and there were a couple people that I really helped, that I made a difference in their life, so that makes me feel great. But for the most part, it was the worst job I ever had. Um, you know, a lot of the talent doesn't pay their bills and doesn't want to pay you, and, you know, a lot of the companies are shady, and, you, you know, you get a girl, a, a girl's going to jail because they're shooting things outside, they shouldn't be shooting, you know, things that are like you can't even imagine if I knew those things were even to come up, I wouldn't have ever signed myself up for that. Hmm. Well, have you ever had a, a just something that you just wouldn't do or something that you're really nervous about? I've seen, you know, like the past few years, you've done some more group stuff and things like that. I mean, do you, do you ever say, I'm just definitely not going to do that when they, when they come up with something? You know, I don't mind doing group stuff when it's me and all guys because uh, I can get all the guys fresh tests before the shoot and I can manage it that way. But as for, like, orgies where there's, like, a 10 girls, 10 guys, and people are doing anal and, and vag sex, that kind of worries me because a lot of people go ask to vag, and that's really risky health-wise. Mm-hmm. So I just look at it as a healthy or non-healthy situation. Whether I want to do it or not, out of my, you know, crave for it sexually, I have to look at it and go... Can I trust all of these people? Most of the time, I can't get them all retested. I don't know, you know. So when it becomes a risk factor, I just kind of like, eh, I just probably won't do that. Do you do all that same stuff in your personal life too, or is it, is it just for film? In my personal life, I really just only have, I only have sex with condoms in my personal life because I don't have a boyfriend, nor do I want one. Um, and I do, you know, when I was in my twenties, my life was all about group sex with my. I had a great group of friends. We used to travel all over and and meet up with people, but. You know, now I'm just kind of so crazy busy that I don't really have as much time to play, which is fine because I get so much playtime at work. Mm-hmm. And I think with the world's become a little bit riskier, and as you become a bigger draw and a bigger name popularity-wise, you have to wonder what people want from you. So you live in a little bit of a different fear, like, is this chick coming over so she can rob me while I'm in the bathroom? Like, <laughs> you know, you have to think, is this guy going to, you know, become a stalker and show up where I live? So... You know, it gets to a point where you're like, you got to weed some things out of your life. That brings up an interesting point. Me and PJ, and especially PJ, have a lot of internet stalkers. Most of them, most of them, gay men. Um, okay. But what I wanted to know is, I would imagine that you probably top uh, us both by quite a bit. Can you tell us about some of the weirdest people that have been, uh, you know, emailing you or you know anything like that? You know, we get creepers. Let's face it. There's a lot of nice people out there, but there's some creepers. And they'll find out anything they want to find out about you, and uh, it's tricky. You know, they'll reach out to your friends, your family. I'm just experiencing a guy that's been kind of like sitting outside my house for about a month. It's funny because I was just like, you know, I really, I came home the other night. I was like, you know what, tonight, tonight, I'm going to fucking scare the bejesus out of this guy. I'm going to wait (laughs) till he's asleep. I'm going to bang on his fucking window, and I'm just going to throw down, you know. But he wasn't there that night. The one night, I'm totally hopped up on Red Bull. I'm like, I'm going for it, right? Um, I did have a guy mail me his semen once in a Ziploc baggie, which Ugh. led many questions. I wanted to be like, so what do you expect me to do with this? Rub it all over me? Was there, was there it, like a, a love note with it? <laughs> What? Was there like a love note accompanied with it? Of course. But I mean, after you <laughs> open mail like that, you kind of get a little mail shy. Damn. And you don't really want to read anything else. I bag that I, that I was saving for. <laughs> I had one saved for like your Get rid of it. Worse than anthrax, right? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Let's see. Um, the as far as the the weird fans, they don't offer you. What, what we get most is like money. They offer money for something. Be like, I, I, wanna, I well, want to. Well, of course, underwear. guys are always trying to get me to do privates with them. And a lot of the girls in the business 
are doing prostitution and escorting, which is really putting our business at the greatest risk ever for bringing in disease and, and other issues that we're faced with right now. So I, I get really annoyed at it, and then I have to stop and say to myself, well, all the other girls are doing it, so I can't, like, freak out on everybody for asking, but... You know, it's hard because what they do is they say, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll buy a dance for me at a club. And while I'm back there, they'll be like, oh, so last time I got this dance, this girl, and she gave me her number, and then went back. And, and I'll be like, I'm not going to do that. I don't do that. I don't do prostitution. It's illegal. And then we'll have to argue the whole dance. They'll be like, well, you're a fucking porn star. Why the fuck won't you? Do you there's no difference between your prostitution. And I'm just like, really? Is this like you want to waste your fucking $100 for one song having this fucking verbal barb with me that you're talking me into it? And it, I get it on Twitter. I probably bought block 25 people a day they're like scolding me because I won't be a prostitute Jesus. and I'm like I, I think I do enough like I think what I did in the 90s was different because we put it out there for people and they just accepted it as we were porn stars well now it's like oh if she does movies then I can offer her money and she'll have sex with me too you know so that's kind of really odd and really hard because you know I just want to say to all the girls in the business like why don't y'all just make a choice either be a prostitute or a porn star Stop diluting our business because they get in just so that they can build a brand name and they can charge more doing prostituting. But prostitution is clearly illegal. Uh, it's not safe. You know, when I explain to the guy, like, it's not safe. Like, I don't feel safe with you alone. They look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I just, you know, I'm not accepting candy from strangers either. So go fuck yourself, dude. It's pretty much how it always ends up. How much, how much money are these guys offering for sex? It all vary. I don't really get to that part. I mean, on Twitter, they'll throw the money number out there. Um, but it's still, it's irrelevant. I don't even soak that part of it. What about the, the again, girls I, that are doing it with 4000 5000 I'm just curious. I have no idea because I don't discuss it with them because I don't want to know about it. Because if they end up dead in a ditch, I don't want to know that we had to talk about well, it. Well, I would assume that it would have to be a pretty high number for them to leave porno that's safe to go somewhere with a complete stranger. That's a pretty big risk. It's not as high as you think. Yeah. Sadly, it's not as high as you think. They're just lazy, and it's easier for girls to uh, do that than it is to pack up their stuff and go on the road and be a feature dancer, you know. And the thing, the thing that, that gets me the most is when you're doing privates, you're only making money for yourself. When you're on the road feature dancing, you're bringing money into a club. You're bringing money into the house girls at this club. You're selling product, which is helping DVD companies stay afloat. Like, you're contributing to the business that gave you the brand name that you have. How much money are we when talking doing... as a feature dancer? Why are you asking me money questions? <laughs> I'm never going to tell you. That's so rude. It's so rude. What's rude Who about it? That? Why is it rude? It's rude. I would never ask you how much you make. It's no business. You can ask me how much I make. I'll tell you how much the guys offer me for my dirty underwear and shit like that. We asked you I before. I wouldn't tell you. We asked you before the show if there was anything not to ask. Well, I didn't think you were going to ask something that stupid. Why is it stupid? It's. I think it's great that you're making that much money. I think it's fantastic. We're not asking Yeah, but you don't want them. fans. You don't want people to know what kind of money you're making. It's an unsafe situation. Somebody can well, I don't you want you to tell me how much money. I think that you're, you're misinterpreting. I think that you're misinterpreting the way I'm, a, I'm asking it, and I apologize for that. I, what I'm asking is, as a, as a featured dancer, you know, say, not, not you, just any featured dancer, there's more money in doing that than there is in actually doing the films? Um, it depends who you are, how often you shoot films, what your brand name is, how much product you move, uh, how much, how long you've been feature dancing. It depends on a large variable of things. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the Sarah Palin thing. Obviously, 
that had to get you a lot of exposure. I'm looking at all these awards you have down here. It's like dozens and dozens of awards. What, how did the uh, Sarah Palin thing come about? Hustler reached out to me uh, the day of the VP debate, and they said, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing a project uh, based on Sarah Palin. We've already thought of the title. It would be Nail and Palin. We think you'd be great because, you know, you look like her, and I have no tattoos as well, which help with the product and, and all these other things, and I just thought the title was awesome. I went home and watched the VP debate and realized how awesome she was to just mimic and, and make fun of. Yeah. And there she wrote. You know, we just went so far with that product. I just did a... I'll forward you guys over a video clip of a press conference I held in Tampa at the Republican convention at the dollhouse. So the dollhouse set me up with this, like, table and microphone on the stage with the pole and the disco ball in front of me. And all these mainstream photographers and writers came in and interviewed me, and it was hilarious. I dressed as Sarah Palin. It was totally fun. That is funny. Um, I, I want to talk about these awards. There's so all these AVN awards and other... I just won another award last week. I won uh, um, Adult Feature Entertainer of the Year for the second time. Wow, and that's through the Exotic Dancer Expo, which is Exotic Dancer is a trade magazine in our industry that goes out to all the clubs. And, and it's a cool award to win because I do between 40 and 45 weekends a year on the road. And I work really hard for these clubs. They're like my extended family. Some of them I've been working for once a year for like 15 years. So to bring them money and always be a good turnout and always be a successful venture and they never have to babysit me or wonder if I'm going to party or anything, you know. It's just great. It's it's cool to be a part of their business for that one weekend a year. You, you mentioned that several times. You, you make it sound like you don't party that much compared to the other girls. Are other girls just going out and getting crazy every night? I don't know because I travel alone, but I know most girls do drink to work. Even the house girls will say to me, you know, it's just easier for me to dance if I've had some drinks, which I understand. Everybody has their thing, but uh, with me, it's just like I just, I have so much fun doing it. I couldn't imagine. When I drink, I want to chill. I don't feel motivated. Like, I don't feel like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to go out and do my job. I really want to just turn on some TV and kick back with my friends, you know? So... I just don't do it, and I think too when I want when I realized I wanted to be on the road as much as I did, I knew I wouldn't be successful if I started drinking because it's going to make me look old. I'm not going to be able to get up and go to the gym. You know, you're on the road, you get so much time to work out because you don't got to go to work till nine ten at night. You have all day long, so you can get in these killer long workouts. And I just knew that one thing would affect the other, so I just made the choice years ago to never drink when I'm working. So how long do you think you'll keep doing this for? You know, I'm not sure. I'm kind of working on a bunch of other projects, and we're going to let it just let it happen. You know, I didn't think I'd be doing it for this long, and I'm kind of grateful to still have such a great gig. So I'm just riding the wave now. It's easy for me because I know everybody that I work for, and I don't have to go through the whole meeting people anymore. And so it's like now it's just kind of like the greatest part of the, my career. Do you think you'll ever uh, settle down and get in a quote-unquote traditional relationship and just retire? Never say never, but I wouldn't retire for a relationship. So my thing is I want to finish this career first, and then I'd start to, like, go out and meet people because I just know that when you do something for someone else, it sometimes leaves you resenting that other person because you're like, oh, did I quit for myself? Did I quit for you? And I've seen that with so many girls, and I just don't want to go through that. Have you have you had a hard time maintaining relationships while in the business? Uh, with guys or my friends? Uh, both, actually. Both. I was thinking about I have guys. the greatest friends. I have all my friends do regular things for a living. They're all just regular people, and they're very supportive of 
my career and with my travels and all my adventures. And we have a great time catching up and talking about everything. And I have a nice mix of guys in my life that also maybe travel for work or do other things that I just see and we hang out real casually. And I just like to keep things simple with them. And how about past relationships with guys? Has it been tough? I've only had one serious relationship in my life. Wow. I just don't, I'm just such a free bird. I like to, it's really hard to travel, you know, 25 days a month if you have someone at home. So it's just never like excited me because I've always felt like once I do that, then I have to start, you know, you got to take someone else into consideration when you're getting gigs. So you can't just be like, I'm going to go from this city to this city to this. I just, you know, now that I've been traveling for so long, friends in every city and I'll get together with my different girlfriends and we'll go out for dinner it's like I'm just I don't know I haven't felt the need to make time for it I guess um, you, you keep mentioning working out obviously that we're uh, I guess we're kind of a bodybuilding related show how often right. are you, or how often are you going to the gym do you guys you, you stay on a diet I mean with your work I schedule I try to go to the gym five days a week minimum and I also like to do things like rollerblade and ride my mountain bike and so like you know those are like fun things that are also you're getting a workout at the same time so I feel like you can sneak those in that really helps um, what was the other question about what was working on and what the oh diet. my diet I, you know I believe you can eat a little bit of everything of course I don't eat junk food I don't eat bacon I don't like pork I'm not a vegetarian but I only eat red meat maybe twice a month I eat a lot of fish and a lot of chicken a lot of egg whites just because they're easy. Um, and I just like to eat healthy. I don't really crave any junk food. My only junk food thing is pizza, and I usually wait till I'm in the city to get it because the best pizza is in New York. That's, that's damn right. Damn right. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that you're pressed for time. Do you have anything that you want to plug while you're still on the radio with us? Well, I don't know if you guys know about what this wonderful invention called Fleshlight is. Yeah, yeah, we know about the flashlight. Yeah, we've heard of that. Do you, do you guys have any flashlights? Because I know people at that company, and I know they would put a box together if you would email me your address. <laughs> that could definitely be a funny future radio show. I can tell you what, we would definitely love them to sponsor the show, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can send me your address, and if you have, like, if you really want to get into it, PJ, mm-hmm. and you want to, like, go to this site and decide which girls you want to be with the most, you can make me a wish list. Um, I'll definitely get you some of mine, but if you want some of the other girls too, Fleshlight is a very generous company. Uh, I love, I love, love, love working for them. They're the best situation I've had that's been provided for any girls in the industry since I've been involved. So when I tell them I did a radio show and these guys were great, they're like, okay, well, let's give us some t-shirts and Fleshlights. You know, they're just, they get it. They're real business people, and I love that about them. So I'm real proud of my Fleshlight. Uh, my website is killing it. It's thelisaann.com. I shoot for my site a lot. I do a live chat, which is mainly sports-related, once a month on my site. My site is a place where, like, I direct all my own scenes, so, you know, no one's telling me what to do. So that makes it even more fun. And, um, you know, I'm looking to see, you know, what more stuff I can do with Palin because it's just been super fun. I feature dance with her every weekend, and, and it's just the guys love it, the girls love it. It's just fun. Oh, well, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show, Lisa Ann. And uh, I know uh, PJ has, he told me earlier, uh, one gallon of semen has been uh, unloaded because of, you, because, of you, because of you. Hopefully it hasn't been unloaded onto you. No, no, no. I mean, I, it could have worked out that Sometimes way. Sometimes when he's sleeping, I just leave it on the side of his face. He, he, never, he never knows about it. Yeah, that's what that is. That's horrible, but I love it. You guys, thank you so much. And don't forget, send me an address where I can send you guys some goodies. Oh, thank you so, thank so you. much. Thank you, Lisa. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Orbit Nutrition carries over 1,000 of the hottest nutritional supplements, performance enhancers, and nutraceuticals on the planet. And now, Iron Empire Radio listeners get an additional 5% off their everyday low prices by using the coupon code IER5. That's IER and the number 5. Choose products like Quest Protein Bars, iForce, Iron Mag Labs, and more. Check out Orbit's daily deals for special insane blowout prices. Log on to Orbit's Nutrition Forum and get feedback on the products you're interested in. Check out OrbitsNutrition.com and use the discount code IER5. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements on the market. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling pro-anabolics. Methadrol Extreme, Super DMZ RX, Cytostain RX, and E-Control RX with 6OXO. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're missing. Visit IronMagLabs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements.
back. And PJ, we're going to start right off the bat. Uh, I hope everybody liked the Lizzie interview. It was a little lackluster, in my opinion, but we did interview a famous porn star, which is and PJ's favorite porn star, which is, I guess, the key, right? Very, very key. So I hope Super people liked it. Uh, if you could tell, she got very upset with PJ at one point, and I liked that part the best, <laughs> uh, where she was like really upset with him. She was like, that was a stupid question. That was my favorite part of the interview. We, we did ask her beforehand if there's anything that we couldn't ask. Yeah, we literally, I specifically said, as I do with anybody, uh, I, say, I say basically, excuse me. Just be honest with me. Is there anything that you do not want me to ask? Is there anything in particular that you would like me to ask? And a lot of times I get some very interesting stuff from that. And, and she basically said that anything other than talking about her family, she's completely cool with. But in reality, when PJ Dwell like, moved into the money stuff too much, and you know what? Let's be honest. Who's not interested in hearing what porn stars make or what a, I want a performer makes? I mean, money is, I mean, I guess maybe it's the baby. I don't know what. Maybe it's, it's my Jewishness coming out. I want to hear what people make, you know? And if she's not comfortable with that, I understand she definitely didn't say that beforehand. No, I want to know how much you get to fuck all day. I want to know. What are you going to make? You know what? I actually asked somebody who knows. Because, uh, because I told somebody about the interview. I'm not going to say who. But mm-hmm. I told them about the interview. And they said for... Um, and I have no idea. We don't, can't even ask her now. So I heard for normal uh, sex with a man and a woman, the woman gets paid $1,200 a scene. Which is not a whole lot. Well, she's a big star. Though, this is this is a big star number. She's oh, a really? Wow. Okay. 1500 for anal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, five hundred for a blowjob, mm-hmm. girl on girl is a thousand. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I was told. That's what they call a feature performer rate. Um, if you do like bukkake or like gangbang or anal gangbang, it's a lot more. They said like an anal gangbang with like five or more, you get like five grand. Wow, it's a thousand per person. Okay, uh, for anal gangbang. So like um, these are the numbers I was told. And I guess if you think of those numbers, in my head I just found out a way I can make ten grand. Yeah, you're gonna get anal gangbang by ten guys. That's nice. You know, Bukaki me. Bukaki you. Yeah, like glaze your back. <laughs> glaze your face. Glaze your face. Um, so um, if it comes down, if times become desperate enough, you've always got that. You can always fall back on that. Some people like fall back to like, you know, in college, I was a server and, you know, I made a lot of money as a server and I can always fall back on that. PJ can be like, I can always fall back on men jizzing on my face. I was a server myself. <laughs> you were a receiver, buddy. A receiver. <laughs> All right, let's go to some uh, some shout-outs. This is PJ Bond's area of expertise. We've got a lot of shout-outs, and I just want to let everybody know we're going to do a lightning round of the, shout- of the actual uh, listener questions. I'm going to skip a lot of people because we just don't have time because of everything else and because I want to go to bed and because it's one thirty and everything else. So here are the shout-outs. From, I'm, I'm looking all the way from the left to the right tonight. It makes it a little bit harder. I'm going to fly them through them. Shout out Sean Christopher Lewis, Jeff Kaplan, Chris Pitcher, Megan Maida Hashem, Danny Please, Lou Hudson, Patrick Barnes, Joy Mangiello, Daniel Ayala, Joshua Marzek, Lou Hudson, I already said, Patrick Barnes, Joy Bobadinio, Omar Hurtado, Kim Adonan, Keith Allen, Dylan Lindstadt, Rob Manns, our boy. Uh, Omar Dado. I said Ian Hideki, Waylon Martin, Max Cervantes, Patrick Jimfo Kennedy, Carson Lee Bizanson, Adam Bray, Lance Adam Apolito, Luke Dugan, Big Nut, Bjorn Shorholm, <laughs> <laughs> Angela Hudson, and shout out to Angela. Uh, that's not right. I didn't even get any close to right. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not even close to right. Spencer Barrett, Maine Anderson, John Ventola. Uh, Eric Davis, Mark Dravich, uh, Michael Botticella, Shane Royce, Mark Joseph Doan, Max Barham, Mitch Barham, and, and his wife, wherever she is, Dejan Popovic, Asad Malik, the rest of the Maliks, Stephanie Suzanne Toomey, 
pretends that she loves me, but I know that she really doesn't. Martin Holtback, Richie Torres, Tyke Kimball, Alexander Duncan, <laughs> uh, Chris Schmidt, Ben Grada. Uh, also Renee Schmidt, who I hope that to be a client of mine one day. I'm just going to throw that out there. Dylan Miller, Lori Allen. I'm waiting for that email, Lori. Stacey Mitchell Gray, Terry Gray, Chris Pitcher, Justin Baccio, Aaron Novkov, Steve Miller, Clint Fleming, Chris Barris, Al X, Rob Holt, Shane Gallant, Sean F. Rob, Tyler Fuerfio, Xavier Wills, and uh, that's it. And Jane, and Jane, too. Jane, too. And Jane, too, of course. Jane of course. Jane with a hard pronounced last name. Yeah, very hard pronounced. Very hard to pronounce. All right, let's do some listener questions. Good job, PJ. That was good. Under pressure. I like that. There's a lot of, a lot of questions and stuff, so we're going to go really fast. Um, topic, Olympia parties. Where are you going and who are you going to hang with? Uh, videos of food, of Vegas food, who's the best? Well, is the Win Buffet the best video uh, this time? Um, okay, first of all, Win Buffet is not always the best video, but it's definitely the best buffet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely worth the $50. It's not cheap. It's $50 a person. Can you eat that Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Is there one left? Yeah, I just want you to eat it. I don't want to look at it anymore. Okay. Um, let me wait to your part, and then I eat the Peanut Butter Cup. Okay. Um, I didn't realize that it was one to eat. I didn't know it was one I've just been staring at it like a um, vampire. Um, what a sucker! Peanut butter on the head. Topic: Olympia parties. Where are you guys going to go? And who are you hanging with? I think it's pretty. I, I, my plan is the Jay Cutler party this time. I, we're going to the Jay Cutler party. That's that's pretty much it. Well, the Olympia parties are not that good because like everybody's all spread out. Yeah. This guy has a party here. This guy has a party there. You go there and everybody's all crammed in and shit. And you get like one drink. They're really not that great. But I would like to go to the Jay Cutler party myself. No, we like Jay Cutler. So. We like Jay. We're going to Jay Cutler's party. Even if it sucks. I want to go there and just start a huge fight. Make it cool. <laughs> just go there and just, I don't know, just start, start a huge rumble. <laughs> oh, we appreciate that. The Jay came to your party, party and I just started to just fuck people. I just fucked up your party, Jay. I'd be like that. <laughs> I love um, you so much. Um, yeah. So, um, Jay. <laughs> um, Jay's party will be uh, interesting. Even if it's just Jay's party, it'll be okay. That's where we're going to go. I don't care about anything else. That's where I'm going. Um, let's see, um, um, people want to know if Jason Genova, if we're going to do a video with Jason Genova. We will, we will, we will. Patience. I, we've got a bunch of questions about Patience. Patience. We were definitely going to do a Jason Genova video. It's just a matter of time. He lives here, we live here. It's going to be amazing. As PJ used to say when he was in California, epic. Um, I'm going to beat his ass, I'll tell you that. See, that's where we're going to the Jay Cutler party. <laughs> I just I'm got a text from Jay Cutler. Big congratulations for the for the baby. So that's why we're going to the Jay Cutler party. Um, who will win a fight between John Romano and Dave Palumbo? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. You know what I mean? Well, you got uh, uh, Palumbo's shoulders are all jacked up. You know, he's got bad arthritis. Yeah. John is like, no, he's not tough. So that's for sure. <laughs> and he's really wimpy looking. He's very wimpy and weak. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be an interesting fight. I would like to see them like they would probably end up wrestling to the ground yeah. and then they'd be like give up because they're both out of breath. Yeah. It'd be like a Tyrannosaurus Rex wrestling against like a like a like a palm tree. Like, I could see like, him like swaying around and not much going back and forth. Yeah, I could see a guy like generally just talking shit and then Dave would just attack him with his uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. If Dave him. gets a hold of him with his adductors, he's screwed. Yeah, what Dave would have to do is he'd have to leg wrestle him. You know, what do they call it? And he would like, I got him in between my adductors. I got him. I crushed <laughs> the life right out of him. 
If he got in between his legs, he'd be in serious trouble, that's for sure. I said, you want to give up now, John? I can crush him to death with these. Uh, Daniel Ayala wants to know, topic, George Farrakh, Kai Green picks three weeks out. We have no opinion. No opinion. No opinion. I think Kai Green looks great. Um, Joshua Marzak. Question for Aaron. I know you, I did a good job photoshopping the Timbo pick, so I can understand the confusion you were thinking it was real. But I didn't. Think, uh, but didn't you think it was odd that if it was real, Timbo would have thought an acceptable outfit to bring the <laughs> bring on a trip, a cowboy outfit? <laughs> okay. So to give the background, Joshua Marza um, actually did a. And this was a really good Photoshop. This was amazing. It was a really good Photoshop. It fooled me. I put it on Timbo's page actually. <laughs> um, Timbo, you didn't listen last week. He, he fucked the 65 year old woman who wanted to bring him to uh, to uh, what did he bring him to? The Bahamas. Bahamas. <laughs> and Joshua Marzak actually took one of the pictures of Timbo's gay posing uh, pictures that he got five hundred dollars for, and put him with the cowboy hat. Cowboy boots in the in the six guns on his waist, and put him on his hips, and put him in uh, Bahamas, and put up a sign that said Bahamas and all the little different directions, like New York five thousand miles. And he, uh, I looked at it uh, honest to God. I swear to God, it, you know, God strike me down if this isn't true. When I saw the picture, I looked at it, and for like for ten minutes, I was looking at it, and I was thinking to myself. That motherfucker went to the Bahamas. You even tricked me. I, I thought, and I put it, I told PJ too, because I knew that he would fall for it yeah. too. He went to the Bahamas. And yes, the cowboy outfit is ridiculous, but <laughs> Timbo, Tim, I could see Timbo being like, <laughs> look, Aaron, I, I didn't want to wear the cowboy outfit, but listen, I mean, this woman paid for me like, go to the Bahamas. I told her she wants me to be a cowboy. Fine, I'll be a cowboy. She was buying me drinks left and right. And I said, listen here, if you want to buy me a sixth gun, and a, and a boots and a cowboy hat, I'll have to wear them, you know. I mean, I don't have no choice, really. So, uh, yeah, I thought that, uh, I really thought it was real. I actually put it on Timbo's page, too. There was a second where I wanted to, honestly, I'm not kidding. I'm glad I didn't restrain myself because he would have been very confused. But I almost wanted to call him and be like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why would you go to the Bahamas with this old lady? But uh, you got me, Joshua Marzak. You definitely got me. Any, Lou Hudson wants to know, any phobias, fears, heights, bugs? Being small, etc. You know what? For me, heights aren't a problem. But like when it's really like like jumping out of an airplane or bungee jumping, then I get some I get some. I don't know if that's a, that's a phobia though. Because any reasonable person would be scared of jumping off a building or jumping out of an airplane. I think. Yeah. You got any phobias? Phobias or anything? Mm. I'm trying to think of you don't like dogs. I don't like big dogs. Big dogs. Don't like big dogs. He's scared of big dogs. He was even scared of my nice Rustim, who's like the sweetest animal. Yeah, I've been walking Rustim every day. That job, that job sucks. Yeah, Rustim doesn't. He like goes him. where he wants to go. He doesn't even listen. You got to rip him in different directions. Yell at him. Yeah. So, um, but you're at least with Rustim, you're over the fear of uh, dogs, right? Yes. All right, uh, Pastor Patrick Barnes. If you could design a theme park, what would it be called? Will the two main rides or attractions be? If what? You, you're not listening? What was the question? Patrick, you're still delaying. You're delaying this whole show. Please, beat it up. Ask it fast. Patrick Burns wants to know if you could design a theme park, what would it be called? And what would be the two main attractions? It would be called. It would be called. It would be called. Come back to me. Come back. <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, another one. It would be called To Infinity and Beyond. <laughs> uh, Omar Hurtado wants to know who would win, 
an old 300 pound Dave Palumbo versus, <laughs> versus an off topic Carl Lenore. <laughs> I love these old, like, who would win fights are always Dave Palumbo. The old 300 pound Dave Palumbo, I think, would just, just rip apart Carl Lenore. Uh, old 300 pound Dave Palumbo was strong. And the old Carl Lenore would just complain about everything the whole time. He's, I was ripping my arms off now, and oh, my legs are getting ripped off. He's like, how am I going to pay the $5,000 a month for my ex wife? I mean, <laughs> Dave has ripped my arms off. I can't How can I deposit the money into my kids' bank accounts with their college funds with no arms that Dave just ripped off? Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, oh, uh, Canada Nun wants to know what is the worst thing you've done to get back at an ex? You know what? I'm going to let you go first. I haven't done anything bad to get back at an ex. I always joke around. I'm like, you know what? If I had an, an ex that like cheated on me or something, I would just go and I would plow all our friends. Uh, but that's never happened, so I, I don't have any, any stories like that. I do have an ex that cheated on me, and I didn't do anything to her, so. I guess I'm just a sucker. You became very successful. <laughs> How about that, loser? Yeah, that's true. Hey, like them apples, loser. She's probably still not doing much. And <laughs> I, did. I guess, you know, the truth of the matter is that I didn't do that for her. So uh, I just forgot about her and moved on. I guess that's the worst thing you can do in the next century. I think so. Just move on and, and keep doing what you're doing and, and progress and succeed. Uh, next question, Dylan Landstadt. Uh, what are your feelings about the Confederate flag? Some say it's a symbol of Southern pride. Others say, say that it is racist. I like it. I like the Confederate flag. You know, I don't. I, I, I being from the South, from, being from New Orleans, um, you know, that is a Confederate state, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people will, especially in like away from New Orleans and like uh, the more rural areas, will fly the Southern the uh, Confederate flag, or they'll put it on their truck or whatever. You know, I would never do that myself. And the reason being is because it is considered racist. Um, so I avoid that. But uh, a lot of people did. And I actually know people who would uh, would fly that flag or put it on their truck, and they weren't even racist. But um, I can see where that would be a problem. You agree? You want to move on? I went to um, uh, Clemson when I was in, in a, a freshman in college to visit some friends. And it was kind of fun. There was Confederate flags everywhere. And they take it so seriously. And, they, and then, you know, they'd call us Yankees. And they'd be like, the South will rise again. You'll see. The South will rise again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Dylan also said who will be the get- next guest on IER. Well, the next guest will be uh, Lisa Ann, actually. And yeah. you just heard her. So. Other than her, the people that we have on deck, I suppose, is BLP is on deck. Uh, Joe Donnelly is on deck. And Carl, and Carl Lenore is on deck. So the, didn't Carl Lenore promise you that he would do it? Yes, he did. Carl Lenore promised me to do it. He called Harry Muscle Radio. I wanted to spit on him when he said that, but I think that he Isn't was... Isn't that funny that he, he, must have, he must have been like out of his mind? He, was he thought that you were going to do Harry Muscle Radio with him? Yeah, much different radio show, Carl. Um, we want Carl Lenore. I think Joey D. Fitness would be very funny. Uh, one of you guys post online about what you want on the show. If yeah, you give us, if you have other demands, we'll, we'll accept demands. We'll at least consider. He likes to flex his shoulders. He'll be good. He'll be good on there. He'll be silly. That's for sure. Yeah, he will. Omar has a lot to say. That's for Omar sure. Omar wants to know. Um, no, we already answered that. Uh, Ian Hideki wants to know, or Ian Hideki, who's a better chef, PJ or Aaron? That's very easy. It's PJ. I like to cook. Like he likes to cook. He's much better. He's been cooking me steaks. He's very good at it. Uh, you can even see the video on YouTube, uh, on my YouTube page, backslash Aaron Singerman, YouTube backslash Aaron Singerman, and see how to cook a steak, and PJ can teach you how to cook a steak better. Waylon Martin, uh, more 619 loser crew stories. Uh, didn't, didn't PJ have work done by one of them? Also, PJ, what's the beef with you and Brad and uh, Yules? Um, 
Personal or is it just his physique? Um, okay, who had worked on me was uh, Derek Farnsworth did work on me. He's a, he's a massage therapist, he's air to therapy. I don't consider him part of the 619 crew. He's an awesome guy. I like Derek very much. Great bodybuilder. Now, here's a follow five of the Olympia. Here's a funny story. Here's a really funny story. I don't know if I ever told you this one. So, one of my clients works for Gaspar Nutrition. He's a sales rep. And uh, I know him. You know him. He likes to bring me little treats. Yeah. And he came into the gym one day to bring me some treats. And he brought me a bunch of amino acids and a bunch of shit. He had it in a bag. And he didn't know where it was. He left the bag outside the 619 store. And then he found me when he was on his way out. And he said, oh, there's a bag for you over there. Make sure you get it. So, I went over and I got it. And I put it with my stuff. And that was it. Yeah. So, he calls me a couple days later. And he's like, you're never going to believe this. But the owner of the 619 store, Pizza Cone, right. called him and said, Hey, uh, did you leave some stuff for me in the store? And uh, my, my client said, No, I didn't. And he said, Oh, you, you didn't leave some amino last for me, some samples? And he went, No, I, I really did not. And he goes, Oh, because I was told that there was a bag of stuff for me and that somebody took it. And he was like, No, no, that stuff is actually for PJ. I just left it outside there. And his response was, Well, why did PJ get it and not me? Um, he was like, I don't know what to tell you. PJ's my good friend, but I actually did leave you some samples in your store for your own stuff. And he's like, oh, well, well, how come PJ got that? Why didn't I get anything? And he was like all confused. He didn't know what to say. Like, yeah, I'm his good friend. And he's like, ah, he's my good friend. He's my coach, and I want to leave him some stuff. And, and his, his response back to that was, so there was nothing for me. Uh, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, no, there was, there was nothing for you. And he's like, oh, because I thought it was really weird they left PJ's stuff outside my store. Like, he thought there was some kind of conspiracy going on. So what I wanted to do was go back there with my amino acids and, and, and bash it across his face and be like, here's your fucking amino acids, 619. Fuck California. Uh, but I didn't do that. I didn't do that at all. I kept my amino acids, my delicious amino acids. It was for me. I'm not bringing the 619 tools. And I mixed it in my water every day, and I still am. And it's mine. And they can't have it. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Rob Ewells or just move on? To Rob Ewells, you know what? Here's my thing with Rob Ewells. He's not very nice. He has a very arrogant attitude, and he also has a very poor uh, sense of humor. He's not funny. I want him to be, but he's not. He thinks he is, but I don't laugh at his jokes, and, and I don't think you do or anybody else, but um, uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. My thing is his physique is very subpar. My physique is better than his, and if anybody wants to fucking call me out, I'll be glad to get down and pose down with Rob Ewells any day of the week, any time of the year, and exploit him in every pose possible. And somehow, uh, whatever he's doing is working, and he's placing well, and he's doing the right thing, and he's kissing the right asses, but he's not a good bodybuilder. If he ever does get pro, which I don't think he will, it will probably be, with the exception of Kenny Jones, the worst pro bodybuilder ever to have a pro card. Um, nah, nah, you're forgetting someone like Dan Hill or something. No, Dan Hill is better than Rob Beals, I think. Really? He's a big kid. Daniel's a big kid. Rob Beals is not even big. He's a pretty boy with, like, extremely... He, he's the only person that can rival Dave Palumbo in, like, the deepness of the clefts of his fake face. You know, the thickness of his face. <laughs> uh, but Dave makes it work better than him. So I'm not a fan of Rob Beals at all. Never will be. He does have good glutes. Great glutes. Great glutes. Great glutes. Very great, great glutes. <laughs> all right. Max Arantes wants to know, what's the worst reaction... You have ever seen a competitor have after placing on a show? Sean Allen. Sean Allen. Yeah. Sean Allen. Allen gets very. Throwing chairs. Very visibly upset. Slap Gary Unit on the ass, the most conservative guy ever. He, he like, Sean Allen will start shaking his head no, like, bullshit, <laughs> on stage. He'll be like, no, 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 bullshit, bullshit. And, like, it's like he's on stage getting his, like, fourth place, and then he's shaking his head no, bullshit. 
I can't like restrain himself to not do that. That's very bad. I, I, North Americans, he slapped Gary Eden on the ass when he walked off the stage. That was a big one. Wow. <laughs> he ripped uh, apart. He ripped apart Brian Yersky in front of everybody in the lobby. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're never going to let him do anything ever again. This thing, he turned pro, so he he, was yeah. a, he did it. Uh, Adam Bray wants to know what are your parents' response, or first response when they found out you were dating anabolics. Actually, Adam, my parents were so oblivious at the time that they, they, they were okay with it until I got myself into some legal trouble the first time. Um, but uh, my parents didn't didn't really get it. They didn't even understand it. Uh, now, I mean, now I guess now is different. Because now they don't. I mean, not making money. So when you start, if you got Jewish parents and you make money, it's funny how things, <laughs> things change. He's ah, all right. It's okay, whatever. <laughs> but um, for a while, they were very anti-steroids. But at first, they didn't understand it. So they were just like, oh, whatever you got to do. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, how about you? My brother snuck into my room, and he searched through my closet. He found my needles, and he freaked out. and went to my mom. And he was like, oh, my God, because you're doing heroin. And my mom saw the needles, and she was like, he's not doing heroin. Look at what he fucking looks like. You know? And uh, then they sat, had a little sit-down with me. And my stepdad was really cool about it. Like, he knew how educated I was and what I was doing. And he, he knew that I was trying to take it to a certain level. So they're, they're actually pretty understanding about it. Spencer Barrett wants to know, if you could remove anybody's IPV Pro card, either because they just have a shitty, undeserving physique, or their attitude sucks ass, or they're a terrible ambassador for the sport, who would it be and why? Mm, I don't know. I mean, you can say a bunch of people, but... The There's people, a lot of guys that I hate, but some of the guys I hate are really good bodybuilders. Like, Ben Mikulski's a damn good bodybuilder, you know? Like, I don't like him. That's for sure. But he's a fucking freak. I can't take away his pro card. No, he's a great bodybuilder. And, he's, and I like Ben, so... Um, I wouldn't take away... Maybe him. maybe the Canadian guy, uh, Mark Lavoie. Maybe I'll take his, his card. <laughs> it's funny. Um, a friend of mine who's in the industry... I'm not going to give any names. He's a prominent guy in the industry. Calls the, um, the Olympia, the uh, point system, he calls it the Lavoie rule. Okay. Because if you remember, Lavoie qualified for an Olympia because he got third place in like some obscure pro show. I don't know if it was like the, some other like European tour pro show. <laughs> okay. So he calls the uh, the, the points mm-hmm. point system the Olympia rule, the um, the Lavoie rule, the Lavoie method or something. Yeah, like that. Remember to take away Lavoie's card. Yeah, I take I take away um, definitely take away Dan Hill. Come on, Dan Hill's ridiculous. Dan Hill, I'll take away. You're right. Kenny Jones, I take away. Kenny Jones, Dan Hill, I think is probably the one we would take it away. Dan Hill, you know, he's only he's so young, so you know maybe he'd come back in ten years and get a real one. But at this point, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, let's see. I'm not going to ask any of these questions. Let's see. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Who's the guys? Who's the guys? Oh, shouts! Um, shouts to my mom. It was her birthday. Uh, Yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to my mom. Also, happy birthday to little Sarah Gaines. Oh, Carrie Ellie Gaines. Sister, David Gaines. Your client, yep. uh, little baby Gaines, mm-hmm. who is doing phenomenal with her diet. Mm-hmm. She is uh, 115. She started out with you at what? 130? 130 something. And she's 130 something, and she's only five foot nothing. So. She's doing really good. She wants to compete, actually, so that'll looks, be in her future. She looks great. She looks absolutely great. I'm very proud of her. That's my little sis. So, uh, good job, little sis. And to big mama Lynn Singerman. Um, let's see. What is this mean? Aaron, this is Dylan Miller. Shout out. Aaron, did you pick out that ugly ass cat clock? Ah, he must have watched one of our videos. Oh, uh, little cat body back. I like uh, that cat. That's uh, the Doke clock. The Doke and, uh, no, that was Daryl. Picked it out. I, I find it strange, but uh, <laughs> that's Daryl. Um, let's see. We got so many here. I'm trying to skip a bunch of these things. Uh, 
Uh, no, I will not give my infant infant soy formula. Definitely not. No soy soy formula for my baby. We're going breast milk all the way. Booby straight out, straight out the booby, straight out the titty. Um, let's see, Jupiter's cock. Jupiter's cock. <laughs> you're up. You're up cock with no coin in hand. Let's do one more. Uh, oh, there's only no more. You want me to ask you a question? Sure, ask away. Okay, I'm going to ask PJ Brown a question. This will be the last question of the show. And then we're done for the evening. And this is show number 30X, or whatever it may be, 39, 38. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, PJ Braun has now been in Florida for three weeks? Two weeks. A little over two weeks. A little over two weeks? That's more than two weeks. Three weeks will be Thursday. Three weeks on Thursday. We're on Monday, so... I want you to compare and contrast almost three weeks of Florida, Boca Raton, to the first three weeks in California. Ugh. Without without going into too much detail. My first few weeks in California, I was in West Hollywood, the worst place in the world. So it's just not even fair to make any kind of, of, of comparison. Yeah, but those are your first weeks there to your first I, I was very miserable in my first few weeks in California. I was drinking heavily to try to get through the traffic. My gym. You were driving and drinking. Yeah, I was just drinking and driving, and my gym was filled with guys that wanted to rape me, and it was just not good. I like it here a lot. The beach here is one of the most beautiful beaches I've ever been to. Um, the people here are all old and Jewish. They're not douchey 619ers. Um, the traffic is non-existent. I have not found a lot of fast food places, which is something I might worry about down the road. But we do have Chipotle, and Chipotle has become a staple of my life. Uh, my house is great. You can get a lot for your money down here. Um, I enjoy the scenery. There's a lot of beautiful women down here. That's for damn sure. Um, and just an overall, just, just a, a happier place, I think. I just, I'm very happy in Boca Raton, Florida. And there you have it. I guess that's it, PJ. That was my question. I guess I could come up with a better question, but uh, that was it. And that was good. Uh, and we did the show. I'm very happy that it's 2 in the morning. And we did the show for the week. Although um, I'm extremely tired and I've fallen asleep. Several times during the show. Um, so that is it. And uh, that is this week on Iron Empire Radio. Any final words, PJ Braun? Um, I don't know if I said this last week, but I wanted to give a special shout out to my two clients, the North Americans. I had uh, my Ali Veneno, my bikini girl, took second in her class. The girl that won her class won the overall. Um, she was almost there. She had three first place votes. The girl that won the overall had four. Also, my client, Just Dunn, my figure girl, her first national show. Uh, took third place, which is a very tremendous feat. And uh, both of those girls will be doing nationals. We've got a lot going on at Ron Fitness right now, so I'm very happy about that. Anybody who wants to become a part of Ron Fitness can contact me on Facebook, PJ Drew Braun, or email me, pjbraunfitness at yahoo.com. All right, and we'll end with a little commercial by me. Um, check out superdmz.com. This is the last and final place to pick up. Super DMZ 2.0, which is the only methyl stent product on the market, it is the most powerful version of Super DMZ. People like the Super Draw version, but they don't know. They don't know, PJ. They don't know. They don't know. What's in the methyl draw? Well, it's not methyl draw. Methyl stent. So if you want to burn in hell, you need to get methyl stent and Super DMZ 2.0, and you can do that with the discount code Aaron10. It gives you 10% off. Yeah, you might not be that much, right, in the grand scheme of things, but what you do is you buy three. You get one for free, so you get four. You get the 10% off, and you end up getting these bottles at like $33.50. 
And that's so much lower than anybody's ever sold them in the past. So get them now. Why you still can't get them out? Because it's going to be gone forever. So uh, for we you. found it for you guys. We found a source. And it's here. you got a couple months tops. So get it, get it now before it's gone. Yep. There you go. Iron Empire Radio. We are out.